Hi, Chris. Hello, Rob. Welcome to the 10 Minute Design Chat. Thank you so much. Let's talk about digital tabletops. Well, everybody feels the pain of not enough shelf space for their board games. I kind of feel like you need to have a Kallax add-on with every Kickstarter you buy, don't you think, Chris? Definitely. But you don't own a Kallax, do you? I don't, know. All my games are in sideboards, under tables, uh, you know, in cupboards. Call yourself a game designer. I know, right? No, I mean, I get it. I feel like you have to find whatever space you can. But as game designers, one of the main bugbears after not enough space for those Kickstarters is not enough space for all my notebooks and cards and and card cutters and corner cutters and pens on my desk. And it's just the bane of my life. So let's talk about ways to relieve that. And fear not, Chris, for the cluttered desk is no more. Through the power of technology, we have done it. We have shrunk all of that cluttered desk space down to the measly size of a desktop app with the digital tabletop. Tabletop games inside your computer and other electronic device. And to that end, we're going to do a quick alien test based on this. Anyone that's used Tabletop Simulator, the famous physics engine, will know there's a table flip button. But what makes you want to flip the table, Rob? I know that the sweet siren call of pressing that button midway through a great game of tabletop sim, so I'm excited to see how you can push my buttons. Imagine the scene. You've arranged a game night, you've spent the whole day doing it, and there's someone that's come along, and you're in the middle of the game, and you've the first thing you've noticed is they're definitely cheating. They're Ooh. doing it quite blatantly. They're not really doing better than anyone else. How are you feeling? Are you feeling like you want to flip the table at this point? Blood's boiling a little bit. So I'm still, you know, I've got to be a good host, so my fingers may be firmly pressed under the table, but I will definitely have to, you know, passive-aggressively pick up the rule book and be like, oh, sorry, I just wanted to check a rule for myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's the classic and say mm, yeah it seems like what you're doing big no don't do it <laughs> very uh very kind way of approaching it there, Rob. <laughs> the next thing they've done after they've responded quite well to that is their it's their turn to shuffle the cards and boy they are bending them what are you going to do next flip or not flip um i i am in two minds about this mainly because if they were blatantly picking the deck up and just like you know people who try and like riffle shuffle but just clearly can't and they're just doing that over and over again and they're getting all crooked i think i would actually there would be all the pieces would slightly be slanting towards them as i'm lifting the table but if it's just a little a hey, you know they're making a mistake they're new they haven't really shuffled much you know i i think i i'm actually pretty good at letting a little bit of wear and tear on my game so very diplomatic and games are there to be played after all so the final thing they do is they reach down into their bag and out of the bag comes the biggest bag of cheesy what's it that's cheetos to our transatlantic friends (laughs) and they are just diving into there they got orange fingers there's bits of cheese flying around and it is everywhere it's on your cards it's on the table felt what's what's happening rob oh yeah no i kind of feel like uh the moment i see those cheesy fingers going into a bag of quacks and quedlinburg tokens and just feeling around for stuff I feel like the only thing that he'll be holding is the bag because that table would be on the floor. I found it. I found the button. I know what to do next time I come round then. Get my uh, get my watsits ready. <laughs> you know how to push my buttons. And, and as we were saying in Tabletop Sim, that button is so tempting. And you know, Tabletop Sim is probably where everybody 
has begun. Um, though I feel like, you know, since then there's been loads, loads of digital tabletops that have come out. But Chris, in a nutshell, what are we talking about when we say a digital tabletop? So for me, it's a virtual environment where you can simulate playing a game on a tabletop with friends or alone without using any physical components. I'd think that's a really good way of describing it. It's ultimately a way of playing a physical board game in a digital format. And, you know, usually that means that you can invite your friends for some multiplayer games. Um, And one of the strongest tool belts in a game designer's toolkit, really, especially this year. And besides decluttering your surfaces, as we mentioned earlier, what are the other reasons for using them, Rob? Specifically for game design here, because obviously one of the great ways of using them is, and I think what a lot of people were originally using them for was to actually just be able to play, like I say, physical tabletops with friends in the past year. That's been especially difficult. So having a digital uh, solution is is obviously uh, a super, super powerful and useful way of doing it. But I would ultimately say that there's so many elements in it which allow you to supercharge your design. When it comes to making prototypes, it can be quite a laborious element. And if you want to make a couple changes to a lovely prototype that you've made, like that can require you to have to sort of print out more cards, cut them all out. But I think that for me personally, one of the most useful design benefits of using a digital tabletop is like speedily making edits to my prototype. If I'm suddenly making a card game and I think like, oh, actually, you know, I want to add dice. I literally just spawn in dice and I'm like, oh, I want some of these sides to be different. I just edit the sides of the dice. You know, no longer am I getting my own dice and like putting stickers on them and changing all the sides. I can just do it all in there. And say if I wanted to, I made a a version which is sort of one player and I now want to make it four player and just duplicate everything. So I think that from the point of view of just like speed of making changes, adding and subtracting components, saving all those different versions of your prototype. That's like, for me, probably one of the most useful elements of it. What about you, Chris? I agree. I think in Tabletop Simulator particularly, because it's just a physics simulator, essentially, you can just pull those graphics in. You've got a card there. You whack that card base on it. You pull in a few dice. You just start playing the game, right? Putting things here and there. I think that that's less the case in some of the other things that are available. So there are some browser-based programs things like board game arena tabletopia playing cards.io and they are more script based so you pull the assets in similarly but the way you move things around is by telling the program that these are the things players can do making buttons pre-scripting things so i think that for me for ease of use and getting in there and just changing things like you were saying tabletop simulator is great if you don't mind your computer panting like an elderly asthmatic badger in the background (laughs) um, because it does it really really rinses your cpu oh yeah it chugs it and if you flip a table with like hundreds of dice on there (laughs) i've definitely had a few frame dips in there um and, and actually you were talking about scripting that's another really powerful element of tabletop sim you know you can literally automate so much in there you can just have a button which means that it's now shuffles all your cards deals all out the correct number to everybody you know assigns the starting players but chris with all this scripting with all these bits with all these magnetized spaces and working with multiplayer i found it quite daunting when i first went into tabletop sim do you feel did you feel the same and do you feel like being locked indoors without any alternative has kind of helped you get over that that hump I started using Tabletop Sim a couple of years ago and I found it very daunting. And at that point, I didn't actually need to use it. It was to me like an alternative way of doing prototyping. 
Whereas now, over the last year, when we've been not playing face-to-face, it's almost become a necessity. And I also think, from a publishing point of view, there's a lot of publishers now, if you pitch their games, they almost expect a digital version yeah. to be able to play. So I think that as as overwhelming as it might be, trying at least some of these out and trying to get your prototypes even in a very basic version onto there will be hugely beneficial for any designers listening yeah you, you're absolutely right and even in like contests you see a lot of people saying add a tabletop sim version or a tabletopia version the great thing about it is, is it is a bit of a steep learning curve at first um, but once you learn those tools and once you've made your first prototype, the time you save is incredible. Being able to just set up a playtesting session with friends anywhere they are, um, being able to, like you say, pitch to publishers or take, or even just take photos, you know, for your rule book and sort of set things up in the ways that you want it and the scenarios that you want. Um, but are there any downsides to using something like Tabletop Sim, Chris? I think it's that initial learning curve. I think it's the fact that, you know, if you're using Tabletop Simulator, people have to pay for it, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be a downside. That's true. Um, and I think it's just that some people see it as just being an extra thing to worry about when actually what they want to do is get on with designing a game. And I completely empathize with that. What I would say, though, is if you're one of those people, reach out to the community. There's some people out there who've got some absolutely amazing tabletop simulator skills and they will be more than willing to give some advice. They might be able to help you do some of the scripting. If you've got a problem, you're not sure how to fix it, there'll be someone out there that knows. So go onto Facebook in some of the design groups, go onto the tabletop simulator wiki pages and forums and just ask and and Discord as well. They've got a Discord channel where you can ask questions and people who are good at scripting will do it. So even though there are downsides, I think from my point of view, there are also, you know, there's a lot of support out there if you're willing to put yourself out there when you make your game in tabletop sim you're obviously not playing it physically and it's very easy in tabletop sim to for example shuffle 50 decks of cards when you need to but if you build your game exclusively in there you you might not realize how much of a pain in the butt shuffling 50 decks of cards is in real life and there's a lot of stuff which is like it simplifies it for your benefit but it's always worth making a physical prototype once you're kind of happy with that because there are so many usability things that you just you don't have i wish i had a magic hand that came with me to game night to shuffle everything and deal everything out but unfortunately i've just got my two measly mortal hands to do that so yeah i think that from that point of view it's, it's an incredibly powerful tool but it's always worth uh, making a physical prototype if only we had cyborg hands instead of these fallible flesh mittens Well, that brings us to a close, I think, Rob. But before we uh, leave the digital space, any final thoughts? I feel like we've covered most of the things that I, I wanted to talk about with these with these tools. I feel like, especially in the current climate, it's something that is such a useful tool to learn. Um, you know, it, gone are the days where uh, you literally had to get all these really specific tools and you couldn't get pre-printed cardstock and all this sort of stuff. Um, but nowadays you can just spawn them in on a digital physics engine and and enjoy things that way. So it's, it's never been easier. Like the great thing is if you buy something like Tabletop Sim or, or you play something, uh, play an online browser one, you're probably going to end up playing actual games with friends as well. So it's probably not going to be a bad investment. But you know, yeah, uh, I think they're always worth a go and just sort of have a little play around with them. Definitely. So with that, Rob, I'm going to say goodbye to you and I'll see you at boardgamebud.com. 
Thank you very much, Chris. I'm going to say goodbye to you, and I'll see you at 10minutedesignchallenge.co.uk. This has been the 10 Minute Design Chat about digital tabletops. Thank you very much for listening. And use that keyboard to do some prototyping. Oh.